Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Lodge 49. Welcome back, everyone, to Streaming in Place. Uh, today, we are talking about Moments of Truth in Service, the second episode of the first season of Lodge 49. And uh, we got some guesses about what that title might mean yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Noel gets the whatever we decided the opposite of a called it is. Yeah. A complete or bomo, or whatever Carson sound effect or um, you want there. Yeah, no, I was nowhere near close. But I was I was I was very happy with what it turned out to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> couldn't have, couldn't have seen it coming. It was absolutely delightful. No. Good. Um, well, you both sound like maybe you're a little bit warmer on this episode than the last one. Is that a fair assessment? Uh, yeah, for me. At least based on your cheery tones of voice so far? <laughs> I'm putting on my podcast voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. We're just like, I really need to hold on to something I'm excited about today. And so it's going to be this episode. Great. Uh, because yeah. right from the top of this episode, it's like, yay, here's that thing that Allison was talking about with Liz uh, and the performance. Um, with this character being really uh, interesting and compelling, but just given more time because she gets more space in this episode. And I could immediately see what you were talking about, Allison. Um, and I cannot wait to see what's you know next with this performance and with liz uh because because her the whole scene at the bank is terrific and watching her you know not take a baby and just like every everything liz this episode uh was like i don't know if i'm i'm too old to use this correctly was a mood it felt like a mood uh and i certainly like i i really I'm enjoying the way that this is starting to unfold so far. Like I, I love that we are not waiting until episode five or six to reveal, Oh yes, this guy took a bunch of your money um, and scammed you out of two grand uh, that, that, that is out of the way already. And uh, he seems pretty chill about it. That seems pretty chill. Um, so, so like there's, it's doing, the show is already doing things that I think are are interesting and, the things I liked about the pilot are still here, um, even maybe a bit more so. And then we also get the London and Lodge One. <laughs> yeah, whatever that means. So yeah, I definitely um I like this one even more than the first one. What did you think, Mel? Um, yeah, so let's start with the list stuff. Um it was a mood, but I was also just really impressed by her absolute refusal to even make eye contact and acknowledge that baby's existence <laughs> it was just like no there is there is no baby here i i don't know what you're talking about there is no baby um you see that bathwater? that's where that baby is um it's it was just a real intense as you say mood and i really enjoyed it but also just don't bring a baby to that bar yeah, dear sweet affable manager, who my partner and I both definitely thought was about to sexually harass Liz, don't bring a baby to that mm-hmm. <laughs> bar. Um, but I also just have a question about what happened to her her trainee who just got in a car and ran away. Yeah, do we have theories? I have a theory. I'm curious. Okay, if you have a yeah. theory. Yeah, no, I don't have a theory because my partner and I were both like. 
I was I was instructed that I was not allowed to look at anything yeah. while my partner and I were watching television together last night. Um, whenever she was off baking, I was allowed to watch election coverage. But while she was in the while she was on the sofa with me, I was not allowed to do anything related to the election. And so I was texting with a friend of mine who was actually looking at stuff. Um, <laughs> so I kind of miss what exactly happened. But what happened? Like, I she just seems so distraught by Liz's refusal to engage in any way, shape, or form that she had to leave her shift and just run to her car and speed away. Um, so I, I I would very much like to hear a theory, but I would also like Allison to take a long sip of water if we're going to find out what happened to this woman. I mean, I it's it's been a while. I might not be remembering correctly, but um, but I'll say more once we've heard what Kate has to say. Well, it's just struck me as like, Maybe she's pregnant and trying, not sure how she feels about it. And sure. goes like, oh, a baby. Everyone loves babies. And the, and this like, I don't want a baby. No, I'm not holding this. And she, and so that just brought a lot of emotions up because now there's this baby that she's holding and she needs to work and, but no one else will take care of the baby. You know, like that, that was my read of the situation. Yeah. I uh, like that. I like that. That was the, the thing that made sense to me. Um, or maybe she's got issues with her mom and at that hold that up or maybe she's got issues with a sister and that you know there i think there's some other ideas of things it could be but that that's what came to mind for me i that was another one of those moments that i enjoyed because it was so abrupt and just no explanation and because there is an explanation but it's in that car over there and the show is not about that car over there the show is about what's happening here so so yeah those kinds of choices like oh yeah okay i see you show you can stay okay so that's sort of how i felt about it (laughs) Oh, good. Um, listeners, yesterday, Kate and I spent part of our evening when we were not watching election results, uh, watching the pilot of Alias. And I, after we got done watching it, I thought, oh, God, should I have just picked Alias? Because if Kate and Noel just cannot get on board with the show, I'm going to be so sad and I'm going to feel so guilty all at once. Should I have just picked Alias? Who doesn't want to watch the first two and a half seasons of Alias? And no more. Um, that seems really great, but I'm feeling slightly more reassured um, because I really liked this episode and and I feel like it's maybe um, underlining some of the things that are introduced in the pilot in a way that I'm hoping is appealing to you because it was very appealing to me. Yeah, I'm actually really, I'm actually very pleased to hear that Kate liked this episode in particular, um, in part because I thought for sure when Dud starts pissing in the former side of his dad's pool store, that Kate was just going to be like, all right, going to blackjack dealer away from this right now. Someone else has taken over. We're going to have Mr. Coles that come on and discuss the show for the rest of the run. Um, I thought for sure that was just going to be the breaking point, um, that anything else was just going to be unbalanced by that. No, I, I already have checked out and distanced from Dud. Dud isn't going to, like, that didn't surprise me or, like, piss me off because, like, yes, this feels like the kind of thing that this character, who I do not care about right now, would do. Yeah. I'm sorry. That and, and I say that I'm I'm coming off as much more harsh towards the character than, than I actually am, certainly when I'm watching it. But, uh, but no, like, if, if I was on the fence about Dud, that might have, like push me over but i wasn't mm-hmm. on the fence so no doubt. you were on like three other fences down the Good. down the lot i'm like okay well he's gonna he's acting he's acting out and he's a, a dick and doesn't know how to 
you know, process and handle his emotions and make positive life choices. So yeah, I'm not surprised he thinks this is a reasonable or not even reason. He might not even think it's reasonable, but just like, this is what he's going to do. And he doesn't have a, the part of himself that says, no, let's think about do that. And then cut back, back to the actual scene where I don't do that. I don't know. I do feel really bad for that prospective vape lounge owner being assaulted basically by the same family twice in one day like that's just he got double double dudley yes he did so hard but also buddy there's no reason to blow your horn you can't go anywhere there's nowhere to go like some of this is on you (laughs) oh man i drove uh, i commuted an hour and a half through chicago traffic each way for several years uh uh, to to go to and from teaching. And so when I say I was feeling that uh, moment with Liz, trust me, I was feeling that moment with Liz. Um, sometimes, you know, nor, and I know Chicago drivers, it depends on who you ask. If you ask Wisconsin drivers, we're terrible. But if you ask, you know, other cities, we're fine. We're very courteous. Chicago drivers aren't bad. Uh, but that there's nothing, you know, as, as a people pleaser, I hear a honk, I go, oh, I'm so sorry, what did I do? And then when I haven't done something, I get very frustrated. So I would never do that myself. I'd never, you know, actually get out of a car. But uh, I wanted to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that they do a great job of making it clear that Liz has probably been a person who wanted to do that for a long time and is now a person who Mm -hmm. does that without ever really showing you the other Liz, right? Like we don't know her well enough to be comparing to the Liz bef- of of pre dad's death, um, but it does seem like like maybe she's dealing with a lot right now. <laughs> but they both are. I mean, D- Dud is sort of um, defiantly unsympathetic, like affably unsympathetic um, in these episodes. But I think that the contrast between the two of them. Liz, who is sort of doing all of the right things in one sense and absolutely none of the right things in another uh, and is miserable. And then there's Dud, who's doing none of the right things and then very occasionally doing like one really right thing and is also But also then immediately f***ing it up because like that whole thing in the courtroom is beautiful and lovely. And I really like, again... Wyatt Russell can deliver a speech. Um, like, it's really mm-hmm. impressive. But then to just go, so you guys want to go barbecue later? Together? And it's just like, oh, buddy. Buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Read the room. Take the win. Yikes. <laughs> and run away. Yeah. Um, I just, I love the those little misdirects. And there are several of them in this episode. And I think that that they kind of underline this magical realism that isn't actually magical feel that the show has where this thing happens and there's this lovely resolution in this moment of generosity between these two people at one acknowledging wrong and the other acknowledging the loss of of the former and and then it just turns immediately because he can't help it or um once Liz has climbed into the refrigerator, straight Punky Brewster flashback, by the way. I remember it happening the first time and I was still not prepared to be so anxious for Liz. Um, 
and Dud doesn't see her and obviously starts to get concerned. And by the time he comes back into the kitchen, she's out of the refrigerator and is just not acknowledging that anything happened. A lot like burning mm-hmm. the mail in the previous episode, which gets a little callback here. Nice surprise. That poor um, moon officer just seems so confused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the, the instance I was actually thinking of, though, Nolan, I'm curious both of your responses to this. Um, while we're still talking about Dud, uh, is Kate mentioned the money and how quickly they address that, which is great. We're not dragging that mystery out Rambaldi-like for many, many seasons. Um, And instead, we're just going to get right to the point, as I think there are a couple of instances of that in this episode. But um, I really love the scene where Dud goes to Ernie to talk about it and somehow walks this line that's like, like a little bit generous and a little bit extortionate at the same time. Like it's a very emotionally generous response to so, to a situation that I'm sure he could empathize with pretty greatly given his current circumstances. Um, but he also obviously uses it for personal gain and because he's got power in this situation now. How did, what was your read, Kate, on on that? evolving relationship and where we left it. I I really dug the tone there as well. And the the thing that, you know, it was the blend of those different things, but I really enjoyed the, really, I'm just disappointed that you don't have more faith, right? Like, you know, that, that subtext or that like element in the mix, I thought worked really, really well. And, uh, and it was like, but no, you're going to get me, I'm going to have a key now. Like, this is going to be my new place where I hang out uh, because I need a place where I hang out and it can't be my my dad's uh, ha- pool. <laughs> so uh, this is this is happening now. If I'm going to pee in some store, if in some random building uh, in the middle of the room, it's going to be here because uh, so, so, I'm aware that this is probably not great for me. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought that, that that was my favorite little bit of it, but you definitely, you get like, hmm, some, somebody's been talking to his loan shark buddy to get the right, you know, energy to that scene. <laughs> yeah, no, I really mm. wish we had gotten that scene of him going to the pawn shop and being like, so how should I handle this? <laughs> Can I get some notes? <laughs> let's, let's do a little role play. <laughs> yeah. No, I really, I really dug that scene as well because, again, the vibe for it is all correct. Of, but also it speaks to Dud's whole thing of wanting to get something really fast as opposed to wanting to get it well, um, which he's willing to put in the work to get it well. But he's just really, like you said, Kate, it's just I'm not angry, I'm disappointed, but I'm also a little bit angry. Um, I'm also a little bit angry that I couldn't break into this lodge because there's a door on the second floor of this place that I can't reach, (laughs) (laughs) which I just love that there's that floating door um, and that we got to stare at it for a few minutes because why wouldn't you stare at that door? But everything else with that in terms of gaining access to Lodge whenever he wants, I think just works really, really well. Um, And it also provides like yet another way in which Ernie himself is getting screwed up with his own schemes, basically. Um, or is also just struggling to get by to a certain degree, um, constantly having to prove himself. So this thing with Dud or the thing with uh, Beautiful beautiful John? What what was his name? Beautiful John, Beautiful Joe. Beautiful yeah, Joe, I think maybe. Um, doing push-up challenges to get on a boat. 
Um, just, just go on a boat, <laughs> Beautiful buddy. Jeff. Neither of us were right. Beautiful Jeff. Beautiful okay. Jeff. Beautiful Jeff. Um, <laughs> God, so good. Um, so very specific. Um, that you just see him trying to scrape by as much as possible and not get like too much flack on any one part of him and none of it's working. Um, so you really feel for Ernie as well in all these situations. Cause it's just one more pile up of a thing that he thought he was safe with. And it's like, Oh no, everything's just, nothing's coming up Ernie basically. No. And that's as good a point as any to transition to talking about England. Um, because it looks like that's not coming up Ernie either. He finally decides to go see Larry and Larry's not there. He has to sort of announce his own ascendancy um, be, or passing of the torch because of whatever's going on with Larry. And there's obviously dissent in the ranks. Oh, that one guy. Um, we need to call London. We need to call London. Yep. Well, um, I mean, he is also, what is her name? Um, I can only think of. Damn it. Uh, Connie's husband, I think. Yeah. Um, Scott uh, is Connie's husband. So I cannot remember whether or not he's aware of their relationship, um, but there certainly is tension between them. Um, anyway, so Ernie places this phone call to um, character actor extraordinaire Adam Godley um, to, to check in about succession. Uh, and we get a little glimpse of Lodge One of or at least lodge hq uh kate were you surprised that we connected with another lodge so quickly yeah or even that there is actually another lodge and it isn't just like lower or (laughs) isn't just all like it's an alley there's no such thing oh god you can't turn lead into gold it's not a thing (laughs) it's a metaphor (sighs) anyways um i like like that it was an actual thing and that you you know get the sense that there is an actual lodge 49 and it is not this Lodge 49, um, something happened at some point that splintered them off. And this is the fake Lodge 49. And uh, the, the and that's maybe why Larry hasn't actually done the succession, you know, even though he should have a while ago. Um, so the, 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 the scene we got there, I thought was this lovely blend of very mundane and bizarre and in good measure, like they, they, they balance that well. I liked the rain. And of course, uh, sorry, character actor whom? Uh, Adam Godley. No. Playing Jocelyn. Yeah, Jocelyn Pugh. He's always great. And he's terrific here. And like even just like the costuming with like the sweater vest and, and the, the blindfold and the counting and his body posture. Like was, I wasn't supposed to recognize the voice of the woman in charge of or that he talked to, right? recognize it you mean as a character you've met before no as like a actor i know oh i um i wouldn't assume it's a character that i know but no i wouldn't think so i think the only voice that we're oh someone's thirsty Mm. no sorry actually thirsty actually thirsty okay (laughs) yeah i think the only voice we're disembodied voice we were supposed to recognize was paul giamatti's reading that book Mm. um since he's an executive producer on the show (laughs) yeah um, it will not surprise you to know that we do eventually get a proper Paul Giamatti sighting in the show, although I believe it's not until season two. But uh, yeah, that makes sense. you will not be disappointed when it God. happens. It's I really fun. hope he's playing the writer. I hope he he's the writer who reads his own books. Um, that would just be amazing. Um, yeah. Poor Jocelyn. Yeah. It's such a long flight. 
I don't really want to go to California. Well, and he had to walk all the way down that hallway with that hallway blindfold too. on. That's that's it's all so lodgy and secret secret society of like, wait, couldn't you just put the blindfold on when you got to the door? Because it was a straight shot down the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> and he's counting the steps. Yeah, um, like it was right there. There was there were no turns. <laughs> better get his that sense than me. Uh, you know, as far as like not getting turned or bumping into the wall or whatever, I would definitely be sitting there with like touching the walls, like yeah, me or, too. like yeah, arms straight out, yeah, either side, yep. Um, or maybe like one one arm in front and right, one arm yeah. out to the side, maybe. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, well, he's probably done this just so many times at this point. Do you have any guesses about what the situation might be there? We hear a, we hear a little bit from Larry that. Maybe the maybe, true no. lodge. The true lodge. No. Well, I already said my guess that there is a different lodge. Oh yes, nine. I'm sorry, uh, Noel. Do you have any guesses? Oh. Well? I mean, not offhand. Um, yeah, not offhand. No, nothing yet. Um, but yeah, the true lodge. Um, Marcus has some notes to add. Um. First, on all of the stuff about Dub we're learning so early on, um, and uh, some other bits that are revealed early, he says, definitely some things I think other shows would keep back or revealed quite early. For example, Dud's history as well. Um, and I think the show does a really nice job of sort of doling out that information gradually. Um, one of my favorite little tiny revelations in this episode is um, uh, how seriously he took his work cleaning pools. And his genuine interest in it and the way that he's able to connect with Ernie about that, I I really love. Um, uh, You're in the neighbor's backyard pool when you shouldn't be. Never a great thing. Um, And uh, Marcus also thinks secret societies are so weird. I can't imagine I'd ever do it. Like, why the hell do you want me to walk down this all blindfolded? Indeed. I couldn't. But maybe you get pizza at the end of it. Yeah, maybe you do. They do order pizza after the ceremony sometimes. Um, Blaze is a good person to go to next because uh, he, you know, would be at that. Go to the hospital, Blaze. Yes. Go to the hospital. Go to the hospital. Um, you may hope. Well, hold on. Mm. Mm. Delicious coffee. I'm getting the hang of this. <laughs> I need to. I need to be more deliberate about my drinking so that it about my drinking on camera so that it reads what I'm doing. Anyway. Um, yeah, Dud starts to get his his proper education from from Blaze, as Kate alluded to earlier when she said it's an allegory. Um, I think probably the best drinking game for this episode would have been the word allegory. Maybe it's allegorical. Mm-hmm. Um, allegory and variations on. Uh, are you still digging that character, Kate? You seemed pretty excited oh, yeah. about him yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, it's super fun. Yeah, I just like the. It's very. Um, I mean, I've got, obviously, the guy who created Father Ted, I have lots of problems with. Uh, however, I'm going to quote one of my favorite scenes for this type of, uh, you know, for example, uh, which is Father Ted trying to explain perspective while sitting in a camper van in the middle of the countryside uh, to his idiot fellow priest. So these are small. It's little cow figurines. And those are far away. <laughs> These are small, far away. They're not the same size. 
Um, so the, so it was very that energy. Um, Tell that to the sun going in the teacup. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So like the, the, just like, dude, you can't actually take, I mean, and he's, he's an apothecarist or whatever. Um, so he's not like a, a scientist, but like, he's like, you can't turn lead into gold. That's not, it's not a thing. We all know that's not how do you need me to tell you that that's not there? Don't go digging up holes. You're going to go digging up holes. You're going to go trying to find this, aren't you? <laughs> there isn't actually tablets. It's about, okay. And it's just that exasperation really hit. <laughs> I, that kind of a scene I'm pretty much always going to like, uh, but the performances and stuff really, I mean, and it, also I got to Cause I haven't been all that kind to wrestle. Uh, it's hard to sell. It's easier to play the the frustrated person in that scene. It's a lot harder to play the dummy. And Russell does a really good job with that scene as well. What about you, Noel? Sorry, I'm still in the cow. I'm still in the cows. Hang on. <laughs> it's great. That's a Father Ted scene. It's worth looking up. I- I'm going to do that. Um, yeah, I think no. I really do like that scene as well um, because you you especially from Dud's perspective. Uh, you get the sense of how badly he needs all of this um, and how badly he just wants to immerse himself in the lore, but also the fact that he wants all of it to be real um, because it's a sanctuary, um, regardless of anything else that anyone's telling him. Um, it's just like, no, it's 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 allegorical. It's a metaphor. Do we need to explain metaphors? Um and that kind of a thing. But I still also really like how Blaze handles that situation, aside from cutting his finger and then not going to get stitches. Um, but also the fact that when Dud just walks out of the throne room, he's like, eh, all right, I'll keep setting up these chairs for Bingo. <laughs> um, which I do firmly believe that Bingo is still a revenue draw. Um, I don't know why that was cast in doubt. The Bingo tent at the State Fair is always packed. People love Bingo. Um, I've never played bingo, but I would like to play bingo, but I've never played bingo, but I, people love bingo. You've like never played bingo? I've never played like formal bingo with like, yeah, no, I've played like versions. The multiple cards and the markers and stuff. Right. Yeah. I've never done, I've never done like standard, standardized bingo. I've done other kinds of bingo Mm -hmm. or have I? (laughs) Maybe it's an allegory that I haven't played bingo. Maybe it is. Um, all right. Well, I'm trying to think if there's anything that we total. I mean, there's a lot of little stuff that comes in this episode, all of which is going to become, a, well, not all of which, much of which is going to be important in the episodes to come. Um, we have uh, Dud and Liz having their fight about whether or not it's time to have dad's funeral, which I think is really important. Yeah. And they're both really great in that scene. I missed that as like a thing that was happening because I knew they were fighting, but I was just like, wait, how not have the funeral yet nobody there's nobody nobody. yeah and it doesn't seem like there are many other people clamoring for it so they're not at a place where they're ready to do that then i totally buy it yeah is their dad the captain (laughs) no no i still like apparently (laughs) there actually is a captain in my head they're like right now i'm very much loving that there clearly isn't a captain captain does not exist as in, in my understanding of the show, because I mm-hmm. only know the first two episodes and nothing else about it, um, other than it gets to season two. So so I'm enjoying that because of my willingness to just assume, clearly we all know there's no captain, right? So that's why, like, yeah. Um, so every, every reference to the captain, I very much enjoy. 
Uh, Marcus says, guy dies without a body while in major debt. Nothing suspicious here. I also really like that we got a specific number to the debt, that it's $80,000. I I like that we know exactly what it is. Yeah. Well, and that you get to see why Liz is so angry. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that really comes through in the first episode. I think it's mostly about Liz's feelings about dud. And here we get a lot more of Liz in general, but also just where she's at in life. And this sort of brings us back around to where we started, which is, um, the new girl fleeing the premises because Liz doesn't want to hold a baby. Um, and I have always sort of read that scene as this young woman seeing sort of what can happen to you if, in her mind, at least, you stay in this job too long mm-hmm. uh, because it's all part of Liz, you know, saying like, oh, no, I'm just doing this and mm-hmm. the cynical way that she talks about moments of truth and service and and all of that. And she seems like a an intelligent, capable, charming person um, who is also just sort of an emotional black hole at the moment. And I think she just runs when she sees Liz refusing to deal with this very, I mean, and no one should have to hold a baby if they don't want to. Like she is good for you for saying like, no, sorry, I'm not about that. But there's something about, and this is why I love Sonia Cassidy so much. There's something about the way that she refuses to look at either of them and just sort of stares and pretends it isn't happening. That is so obviously disturbed is not the right word, but like unhealthy. And there's something underneath it going on that is not good. And she just GTFOs. Um, Cause she just can't, she just can't handle it. And I think watching both Dudley's fail so completely at just, taking care of themselves and others in such totally different way and just completely divergent ways, I think is really interesting because they have so much in common and so little in common at the same time. So when we end up with them on the couch, this time ribbing on what sounds like a send up of the bachelorette, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can understand how these two so different people are also sort of the same, I guess. Um, did you have any sort of, before we leave things, did you have any new thoughts about Liz and Dud as a unit and how they relate to each other? And, um, maybe specifically about his reaction to her appearing out of the fridge, which is so, it's so dark. It's amazing. I really liked it. Uh, just like the, and again, that was another one of those moments of like, oh, show, we're going to get along the tone (laughs) of it, you know? Um, but it was like, what? But you were just, you were not, okay, this is happening. Um, uh, Yeah, I thought that was really nice. The other thing I noted that I I liked is that uh, they are in their traditional spots on the couch, the same as they were with their dad. Their dad always was in the middle and and Liz on the left and and, uh, Dud on the right. So, you know, adding that layer to how they, you know, that they clearly spend a lot of their time not talking while on the couch and adding that layer to it i thought was good and then with a pillow that says relax yeah. <laughs> on it between them right in the middle right yep. in the middle um well it, that seems like a pretty decent place to leave it. it marcus if you have any other thoughts you want to share go ahead and drop them in the chat uh but in the meantime where is our episode list okay um so that was moments of truth and service 
Uh, our next episode, if you want to make any guesses, is called Corpus. Okay. I just assume that they finally find Larry. Okay. Well, could be. Uh, I don't or know. Or a quick, quick jaunt to Corpus Christi. Like, is, is this Texas episode? Do they go to Texas? Is that where <laughs> the real True Lodge is? <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> I See, mean, I know can... the Beatles touring. Um, I can do Republic weird shit too, City. Allison. <laughs> I, respect, respect. Kate, what do you think? Well, the corpus is the body, right? So, yes. uh, the you know, Marcus says, or, or the dad, they could find the dad. Um, I think it's gonna be something. I think I. I don't think the sense of humor we got with the title of this episode is a one-off. I think it's going to, I get the sense it's going to be a lot more like that with the our episode titles. So um, that I feel like is going to connect not to like the Latin is like a, a misdirect or something. If you're going to try to analyze it too much. So I'm going to say it has more to do with um, either like something like the kind of stuff we were getting with blaze versus an allegory. Oh my God. It's not, it's about the body. Okay. Another one of those kinds of scenes Um, or just something with that kind of energy or we'll get something, we could get something with one of the bodies, but I don't, I don't know how the text, how that would like come up. Like the Latin would come up in that context. Mm -hmm. So I'll just go with more lodge silliness, but like very obviously like dud taking it way too seriously when he should be just appreciating the larger picture, maybe. All right. Well, we will have to find out tomorrow when we talk about Lodge 49, Season 1, Next Episode week. 3. Next week. Sorry. Um, yes, a reminder. Thank you, Kate, uh, that we have adjusted our schedule. We are now streaming in place every Monday and Wednesday, which means we will be talking about Corpus, the third episode of the first season of Lodge 49, on Monday. And uh, who the hell knows what yeah. is going to be happening then? Who the hell knows? Here's, who the hell knows? Hey, I, guys, we made it through the podcast. We did. I formed several sentences. It's not over yet. Yeah, I <laughs> still got to edit point. this thing. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, on that note, um, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye.